Turn with me please in the scriptures. Anybody thankful for the scriptures? 1 Corinthians. The second chapter. We began some weeks ago. On a series we're calling faith in the power. Faith in the power. I believe this is part six now. So uh, if you haven't been with us for the previous ones, let me encourage you to uh, catch up with us. You can go online, download it, won't cost you anything. And like we say around here, uh, no charge means no excuse for not knowing it, not getting it. You can't, you know, if something comes up and, and you didn't have it or get it and, and you, you see the Lord and, and you say, well, Lord, I didn't know that. He may say, well, why not? It was on that disc that you didn't get. <laughs> I thought it was funny anyway. <laughs> First Corinthians 2. <laughs> First Corinthians 2 and 3. Paul, by the Holy Spirit, said, I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Now, we know he's a spiritual man, and he's a man of faith, and he's a man of God. But he knew how limited he was in himself and in his flesh. And he said, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. He was an educated man. And apparently a really. An eloquent speaker. And yet he said. I, I wasn't relying on that at all. But. In demonstration. Of the spirit. And of power. Somebody say demonstration. demonstration. Of, the spirit, of the spirit. And of power. I don't know of anything any more exciting than demonstration of the Spirit and power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now the scripture warns about uh, groups and those in the last days that would have a form of godliness. But they would do what? They would deny the power. Why? Well, they're okay as long as it's just words and talk. But if some kind of manifestation begins to occur, that absolutely just is too much for a lot of people. I mean, something as simple as speaking in tongues scares some church-going folks. Is that right? And if they can't handle that little manifestation, what could they handle? And it's because so many times people, they don't believe in the power of God. They believe in doctrines, creeds, but they don't, when it comes to the power, it's too much for them. But he went on to say, verse 5, he said, I, I, I was not with you with man's wisdom and enticing words, but in demonstration of the Spirit and in power, so that your faith would not stand. In the wisdom of men. He did. He said I didn't want your faith. To be in what I know. Or my ability to speak. And, and you'll see. This is 1 Corinthians 2. You'll see. That he talked about strife and division. In the, in the next chapter. 
and people saying, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm of this one. And why would you do that? Because your faith is in their knowledge <laughs> and, and what they know. Now, if anybody could be called a Haganite, it'd be me and Phyllis. And Brother Kenneth Hagan, seniors, he and Miss Aretha's in heaven now, and we love them dearly. Had an opportunity to serve with them for a number of years. But my faith is not just in what Brother Hagan knew. And he was the one that taught me, and hundreds of thousands and millions. Find it in the Word. Find Scripture for it. Right? Get it for yourself. Hallelujah. (laughs) And then when you get it from Him, from the Word and from the Spirit, and you do it, and God shows up and does it, your face not in a man anymore. Is that right? Uh Uh-uh. Your faith is in the God from who the power comes from, and your faith is in His power. He said, read that verse again, that last verse, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but, or in other words, but that your faith would stand where? In the power of God. Don't put too much emphasis on somebody's book. I had a lady come to me one time, she was upset with what I had preached. And she said, no, no, no. She said, no, it's like the song says. I said, what? She said, the song. She's talking about a song in a hymnal. She was correcting scripture I had preached with a song. What? Millions of people don't know any better than that. Well, their faith is in the wisdom of the man or woman that wrote that song. That's not faith in the power of God. I don't care who it is. If it's something you heard me preach or whoever. If it was good, it came from God. It just came through them. Is that right? You'll find it in the Bible. And it came by the Holy Spirit. And you're thankful for the vessel. But your faith is not in the vessel. Your faith is in the source. Somebody say, I have faith. In the power power of God. God. My faith's not in what a denomination believes. My faith's not in what our church believes. My faith's not in what my preacher preaches. It's in God. And in what he said. And hopefully your preacher is preaching what he said. (laughs) But still, your faith's not just in the man. Or the woman, your faith is in the power of God. Come on, say it again. My faith is in the power of God. I have faith in the power of God. Hallelujah. Well, that means you believe it's real then. And you're not just going to fall off your chair when some of it manifests. Thanks be to God. He is real. He is faithful. He is good. Go with me to John, please. Gospel account of John, the second chapter. 
John 2. Now for the last couple of uh, sessions that we've camped on this, we talked about coming close to God and coming closer to God. Why? Because He is the source of the power. And if you're hungry to have more manifestations of the power of God, draw closer to the source. And he said, draw near to me, or as one translation said, come close to me. And what would he do? I'll come close to you. Well, the closer you get to the fire, the more heat you feel. Right? And the closer to the power you get, the more power you're going to sense and experience. You can live cold and distant. Or you can live close. Hallelujah. Close. You know, uh, Moses got close to God for 40 days and nights. And when he came down, his face shined like a flashlight. (laughs) Isn't that right? And it it was so unusual to the people. They said, man, you got to cover that up. We can't. (laughs) And so he had to put something over his head. Because it was so outstanding. Hallelujah. And it wasn't radiating from him as a source. It's because he got close to the source. And absorbed some of this glory and some of this power. Is it real, friend? Thank you, Lord. And we talked about and shouted about last couple of times how that we can come close by faith. And how in the spirit there's no distance. That by faith you can come in contact with him with your heart. And come boldly right before the very throne of grace. Into the presence of the Lord. If you put your mind on him. And you put your heart and your faith towards him. Just like that. You can close the distance. And be there. We need to practice this more and more. Do you believe it? Certainly we do. I want to go back to something we touched on and expand it. If you're going to talk about the power of God, you need to camp on this real strong. We've touched on it, but we need to do it some more. John 2. In John 2 here is the first, the the record of the first miracle that Jesus ministered. Anybody remember what it was? And we know it was the first one because... The Bible says it was. It was the beginning of miracles. And so it was a manifestation of power. The water was turned into wine. Is that a demonstration of power? The water turned into wine. Have you read it? Is that a miracle? Do you believe that's a fairy tale? That's fictional? Or did it actually happen? So if you don't believe that actually happened, you probably don't believe in the virgin birth either. Or the literal physical resurrection. Or God creating the heavens and the earth. So if you don't believe in miracles, you just don't believe in God. If you believe in the God of the Bible, you have to believe in things you can't explain. Elsewise, you don't believe the book. Are there any amazing things? From Genesis to Revelation. Are there one after another, after another, after another? Amazing things. The splitting of the Red Sea. You know, it's laughable. Some of these shows that try to explain what happened. Well, it was, you know, there was an earthquake. 
and the water ran over here. And they, well, what's an even bigger miracle then? They said it was only ankle deep. Well, the Pharaoh and all his bunch drowned in ankle deep water. <laughs> no, 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 no. And, and what you see is natural man who does not believe trying to explain a miracle. And that's never going to work. It's simple. You either believe it or you don't. I, for one, am a Bible believer. How about you? And I'm sure God could explain it and give you the scientific and mathematical formulas for it. I doubt you'd understand a lot of it. (laughs) But it happens by the power of God. That's what keeping gravity holding my feet on the ground right now. That's what's keeping the sun burning. Do you believe it? All the planets and their orbits, all things are upheld by the word of his power. And here he manifested a little bit of his power. And changed water into wine. In apparently a moment of time. A flash of time. It was water. And they dipped it out. And they put it in the cup. And it wasn't water anymore. What happened? Now apparently there was no drum roll. There was no thunder. There was no lightning flash. Most people, now this is very important, most people didn't know a miracle had occurred. Many miracles are that way. They happen so fast. (laughs) And they happen in ways, uh, because God is not trying to prove to everybody he exists through spectacular things. See, some people say, well, I'm praying that God would start doing such amazing signs and wonders that everybody would believe. He's not going to do things to the degree that it doesn't take faith. He's always done signs and wonders. But uh, most people don't accept them as signs and wonders. And don't believe that they're miracles. We had a sign a tongue sign when I was down in Samoa while I was there ministering I started to pray and uh, prayed some things just came up on my heart and after the service we went to lunch and I noticed the guys on the other side of the table they were just wired they were just man you could tell they were excited they said brother Keith did you know you were speaking Samoan I said no I said, you sure? They said, oh yeah. Oh yeah. They said, everybody understood it. (laughs) Hallelujah. That's a miracle. Isn't it? That's a miracle. And one of the, one of the men that grew up there, he said, oh yeah. He said, and not just Samoan, he said, but it would be if you lived here and understood, if you sat like this, you'd understand it. But if you sat like this and this, then you'd know it means this. And one of the things that they were excited about is I said, more, much more. God's going to do much more. Hallelujah. And I didn't even know I said it. Hallelujah. Well, now, a lot of people wouldn't accept that. 
They'd go, well, I don't know. He's up there jabbering and they imagine something. Right? Right? And yet, I know what happened. They know what happened. All kind of healings have happened in this church. I reckon thousands of healings since this church began. Just right here in this church. And in Sarasota. All over the place. You know it when you was hurting and something was wrong and now it's not. You're going to say, well, it just happened. Who knows why these things happen. Something caused it to happen. You're going to give the glory to God or not? Going to be foolish? You know when those ten lepers were healed. Nine of them didn't even come back and say thank you. Why? What's going on? What's going on? What did they what did they do? It is so easy for God to do an amazing thing for you and you rationalize it and reason it away and because it wasn't spectacular go well I don't know we're just glad it happened. No. Give glory to God. Hallelujah. If it was good, it was God. If it was a healing and a deliverance and a need was met and he got you out of a jam. Come on, are you listening to me? And you prayed it and it happened. Come on, man. Right? Give glory to God. Give him the glory. Be a believer. Believe in miracles. Believe in answered prayer. Believe in a good God. Right? This miracle happened. The water became wine. How did that happen? It's H2O. And in a blink of an eye, it's some of the very best aged wine. How many believe that happened? Did it happen or not? That's the power of God. Let me remind you, and yet most people didn't know it happened. The governor of the feast himself, he was just like, this is great. You saved this to last? He didn't know. Only a hand, unless they explained it and told everybody, and we don't know that they did, there was only a handful of people that knew about it. Now, how did that happen? Because the same way miracles happen then is the way they're going to happen now. Right? We've already gone over it. In fact, the Lord reminded me that it, almost to the month, a year ago, we were preaching here in the church on how to have miracles. Is that right? I believe we see a theme here. And uh, we went over this. How to have a miracle. We said three steps. Was anybody here? Do you remember? Okay, I'm giving you a pop quiz. How to have a miracle. Three steps. Just three. And one of them you don't even do. What's the three steps? Come on, help me out. Help me out. Number one. Number one is hear from God. Don't let that be too simple for you. Number one is what? Which is one of the big reasons why you need to get close to him. Oh, come on. Can you see this? Get close to him to hear from him. Get closer to him to hear from him. And then secondly, what? What's the number two? What's the number two? 
do what he told you to do. Then number three, he does it. Not even your part. He does it. You don't do it. How many understand the servants that bore the wine out, drew it out of the well and poured it in, did they turn the water into wine? No, they did not. Who turned the water into wine? God's power did. The Lord did. He did it. What did they do? How you have a miracle? What did they do? They heard from him. Then what did they do? They did what he said. And he did he did the work. He did the work. I'm going to go over it again real slow. How do you get a miracle? First of all, do you believe in miracles? Huh? How do you get one? How do you get one? I'm not talking about somebody you read about a long time ago. I'm talking about you. You. How do you get a miracle now? Between now and end of the year? And into the first of the year. Come on, are you listening? How do you get miracles in your life, in your body, in your finances, in your marriage, in your ministry? Come on, come on. Number one, I have to, I must hear from him. That's how it starts. That's how faith comes. Is that right? So then faith comes by what? Hearing, hearing from him. Hearing by the anointed word of God. Then number two. Even though faith comes, that's not the end. Faith must be released. How faith without works is dead. Faith must be acted upon for there to be a release of power. The power is activated by the act of faith. It's actually the the title of the sermon tonight is Power Activation. Play on the word. A-C-T. Act-ivation. How do you activate the power? With a faith act. An act of faith. That's how. But here's the catcher. Not just any act. It has to be the act of doing what he told you. Not just an act of faith. Not just any act will do. Let me give you an example. There's been a lot of uh, disappointments in faith circles. People attempting or believing that they were in faith. And things not happening. Y'all are quiet. There have been. And we're getting into right now. One of the biggest reasons why. What if they had said. We're running low on wine. I'm going to believe God. For $200. To go get some. What's wrong with that? We know it's God's will. For us to have all the full supplies for our big day here at the wedding. We know that's his will. So I'm just going to claim it. Can God take care of $200 or not? Then what's wrong with that? Y'all join faith with me. 
Come on, just right here at the table at the wedding. Let's agree together. Father, we claim $200 for some wine money right now. We believe we receive it and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. What's wrong with that? So we're standing in faith for our $200. Wine money. (laughs) Sounds funny, don't it? We're in faith for our money. What's wrong with that? Faith people do this every day. I need it. God's able. I'm going to claim it to work like this. And that's why again and again things don't work like people expected them to because they're just pulling out of the blue how they want it to happen. And Basically telling the Lord, do it like this. Yeah. <laughs> so what difference does it make? Well, you tell me. Yeah. <laughs> it's the difference between getting results and getting disappointed. <laughs> well, you know, there was a time that God caused the meal barrel and the oil barrel not to waste. I mean, not to run out. You remember that with the prophet of God? Yep. They just kept pouring and never run out. They'd have scripture for it. To just believe that uh, wine multiplies in the bottles. <laughs> Lord, we're standing on Second Kings. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, y'all, listen. <laughs> and speak to the wine bottles. Wine, we speak to you. Multiply. What'd be wrong with that? Is faith principle? You're believing in your heart. You're speaking with your mouth. You know it's the will of God to have a full supply. You know he can do anything. It's reasoning. Not revelation. And what folks have done. Is they've separated faith principles. From a close fellowship. With the father. And that's not how Jesus operated. That's not how Paul operated. Thank God for learning some principles about faith. Thank God. But it won't work if you separate it from hearing from Him. You can't just believe for anything you want to happen to believe. Tell me the beginning of miracles. First step, step number one. Huh? Decide what you want. <laughs> Make up your mind how you want it to happen. No. No. Now I'm probably as big a preacher of faith and faith principle as you want to be around. But we, we need correction in this area. Don't we? You don't just... Pick something off the top of your head and say, I'm going to believe that this happens this way. And then start making you confessions. I'm going to sow seed towards it. <laughs> Did the Lord tell you to sow seed towards it? Did he tell you to claim that? And see, this is the biggest thing. 
masses of church-going people do not believe, not in the real walk of life, that they can personally hear from God about these things on a daily basis. You hear from God, counsel me, tell me what to do, or just the throw some things out and see what sticks principle. I'll try it and see if God will bless that. No, 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 no. There's no shortcuts. <laughs> I know, you know all of us got flesh, right? And something's up, especially if you're pressed on something. Uh, the flesh just wants to bam, 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 let's get it done. Okay, great. We can go back to doing something else. And so somebody says, you need to pray about this and hear from the Lord. Okay. All right. So go in the red room, shut the door and go, okay, okay, okay. Lord, I need to show me what to do. Show me what to do. Show me what to do. Okay. Run, die, shun, die. Untie my bow tie. And all right. Yeah, great. It'd be fine. Lord, it would be okay for us to do it. They never heard from the Lord. They never got quiet enough to hear anything. We live in a loud world. There are many voices. And then just launch out and say, we're going to do this and we're believing for this and never heard from him. People are going to be disappointed. Sometimes with disastrous results. It's when people have decided, I'm I'm tired of waiting on this healing. I'm going to throw away my medicine. And they didn't hear from God to do that. Come on, are you with me? And then they die prematurely. And thank God if they're a believer, they're in heaven shouting the glory. But other people say, see there, that faith stuff don't work. That wasn't faith. It wasn't faith. It was trying to move God through an action you came up with. He loves you. But he's not going to let me or you tell him what to do. <laughs> he loves us. But why would he do that? His way is perfect. Why would he set his perfect way aside and do it our way? Well, like Brother Hagin used to say, you can say amen or oh me. <laughs> Something. Verse 5, look at it again. Look at it again. Verse 3, Jesus' mother had told him, they have no wine. And Jesus said, well, I'll fix that right now. No. 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 What did he say? What's that to us? He's not going to do one thing unless and until he hears from the Father. Is he? He's not going to do one thing. But his mother, having some spirit-inspired wisdom at this moment, she just turns and tells the guys, okay, but whatever he tells you to do, well, he hasn't said he's going to say anything, okay, but be ready, (laughs) right? And if he does tell you anything, just do it, don't care what it is. And lo and behold... Next thing you know, he says, fill the water pots 
with water. Have they had a miracle? No? But this is how it happens. Are we talking about the power of God? Can you have manifestations of the power of God in your home? With your babies? With your kids? With your finances? Can you? Can you? How can you get them? You don't run in and tell God what to do. You don't just claim something off the top of your head. This is how I'm going to fix it. <laughs> Did I lose somebody? It's kind of quiet here. What could they have said? God can do anything. We're just going to pray until somebody brings some wine. Y'all get over here and pray. Let's pray. Pray hard. I believe in prayer. Prayer changes things. Faith-filled prayer. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. How you get faith? For you can have faith to know how to pray. You've got to hear from Him. You don't even know how to pray. You don't even know what to pray for. Well, I know you because we need this. We need people to bring us some wine. No. You may think you need people to bring you some. Well, that's the easiest. They got it. Then just bring some over. Don't tell me God can't speak to somebody right there a half a block away to bring us a case of wine over here. <laughs> Lord, I'm, we're asking you. We know so-and-so over there has a cellar full of it. Speak to him to bring some over right now. We're believing. We're believing. No, you're not. You call yourself, but you're not. You don't have a foundation to stand on. That's something you came up with. Well, we need it. That may be true. God's able. That's certainly true. But you've got to hear from him as to how to proceed. And even though it looks exactly like the last situation you were in, don't assume he's going to lead you the same way. Anybody read about David, the king, and all the battles that God gave him victory after victory after victory? You know one of the big reasons why he had so many victories? Because before every one, it said he inquired of the Lord. What does that mean, he inquired of the Lord? What does that mean? He asked him. Now, a lot of them was a similar situation with the same bunch, the Philistines. We know it's not God's will to let the Philistines whoop us. So we shouldn't be laboring over it. Is it the will of God for us to get defeated or have victory? But the problem is assuming things and thinking, I've been doing this. I've had a hundred victorious battles. I know what I'm doing. God is with me. I'm just going to speak over this and do this. That's when you're going to have a bad battle. No, before everyone, before everyone. And it's good because sometimes he'd say, yes, I'm with you. Go up against them. You'll have victory. But then sometimes he said, no, don't. Do this time, go around behind the mulberry tree. What if you hadn't asked? Would you have thought of going behind the mulberry tree? Uh-uh. Would you have thought, draw some water out of the well and pour it in the container? You wouldn't have thought of that. Would you have thought of put some mud and spit in his eye and wash it out? No, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have thought of that. Would you? You would not have thought of that. 
which is why you have to ask. No matter how many times you've done it, no matter how many times, how long you've been walking with the Lord, how many miracles you've seen, every time something else comes up, step one is not rebuking and binding, not claiming, not confessing, not sowing. What is step one? Step one is come before the Lord in humility and faith and open yourself wide open and be willing to do anything. He said, whatever he says to you. And you got to mean it because again and again, he's going to tell you something. You're going to think, huh? What's that got to do with this? I don't need that yet. Just be quiet and do what you're told. Because he already knows. You do that and it'll set this in motion. And this will lead to this and this. And he's always got more in mind than just getting that one need met. He's always got so many things that's connected to it. And you'll find out later and sometimes years down the road, you begin to get a glimpse of why he had you do it that way. But before it happens, you won't have a clue. You'll just have to take it by faith. And that pleases him because it proves you trust him without understanding. None of those things would have worked. Believing for money for wine. Believing for somebody to bring it to you. Believing for the wine to just multiply in the bottle like it did with the oil in the container. None of that would have worked. Would it? Do you think it would have worked? None of it would have worked. But when he heard from him and he said, go and fill the water pots with water, and they did it. Hallelujah. It still don't have a miracle. They got water pots filled to the brim with water. How many understand? You you can't make rules about how to walk by faith. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. Because he'll lead you to take a step and you'll do that and it may seem like it's got nothing to do with it and you still don't see the results because there's another step. They just got water pots filled to the brim. Verse 8. He said, draw out now and bear it to the governor of the feast. Takes faith. Why? He's not asking for water. Right? He's going to look at you like, what's wrong with you? I didn't, this, this is water. I didn't ask. It takes faith. But they take it out, they bring it to him like it's what he asked for. <laughs> Come on, so, this is step number two. Do what he says. Whatever he said to you, do it. And what's number three? Come on, what's number three? God does miracles. The ruler of the feast tasted the water that was made wine. He didn't know where it came from. But the servants that drew the water knew where it came from because they're the one that drew it. Out of the well. And the governor of the feast called the bridegroom. And don't you know all the guys thought, uh-oh, here it comes. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh-oh. <laughs> he calls, who's in charge of this? <laughs> and so he comes and says, yes, what is, what is it? He said, everybody at the beginning sets forth the good wine. And then later on throughout the party, when men have, have drunk a bunch, then they put the worse. But you have kept the good wine until now. What do you think those guys that drew the water out, what did they say? <laughs> They were saying, wine? 
did you put any wine in there? No, it's not a drop. It was water. Just you saw me. It's water. Wine? Was he talking about wine? Verse 11. This beginning of miracles. Did Jesus in Cana of Galilee. How did Jesus do it? You have no record that he touched anything. How did he do it? He heard from the Father. Glory to God. He did what the Father told him. He told them. They did what he told them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it was a miracle that we're still talking about tonight. Hallelujah. All these years later. And his disciples believed on him. So the ones at the table at least knew what happened. Glory to God. And they talked about it and we're still talking about it. If he can change water into wine. He can change diseased blood into clean blood. Could he? What would be the difference? What would be the difference? Diseased spinal fluid into clean, healthy spinal fluid. Or brain tissue. Could he? How easy? How could you get a miracle like that? You don't just start praying and begging. You don't just start rebuking and buying. What do you do? Come on, help me out. Number one, hear from him. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say, praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thanks be to God. His awesome power. His glorious anointing. He's so wonderful. Go to John 14, please. You're there in the book of John. Go to John 14, please. Hallelujah. If we really want miracles, we'll quit complaining. We'll quit guessing. We'll quit trial and error. And we'll start seriously seeking him until we hear what we need to hear about that situation. Phyllis and I can see every miracle that we've seen in the ministry came exactly that way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the, uh, you know, the hearing from him part, oftentimes those situations were uncomfortable. You knew he wanted to do something, but you weren't clear on it. Like when the Lord directed us to come here to Branson. We had 20 years invested in our lives and ministries there in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And the Lord had just blessed us and prospered us in some things. And it just kept coming up about coming over here and we we didn't know why. You know, why do you need to draw the water out and put it in the bucket? (laughs) Right? It's not like I had always dreamed of of going to Branson or some other place. Nothing negative either. Just it hadn't been something I thought about. And then, uh, so we just came and visited and we had a witness. And so we came back and spent some time praying. What 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 are we endeavoring to do? Come on, help me out. Because if you launch out and I'm going to try this and don't hear from him, that's how you have failures. Right? You see, you've got to take that part very seriously. So we sought him and spent some extra time and missed some meals and, and prayed and sought the Lord. And the longer, you know, if it's God, the, the more you seek him about it, it'll just get stronger and stronger. Eh? Just get stronger and stronger. And finally, we got to the place where we know we've got to come to Branson. We don't know why, but we've got to come to Branson. And here's where you got to watch. Don't fill in the blanks. 
A lot of times people will get that first part. And then they'll just, they'll fabricate a whole story of what we're going to do when we get to Branson. We're going to Branson and we're going to do this and we're going to do that and we're going to do the other. Did you know the Bible says that's evil? Evil, that's right. Amen. Did I lose somebody? Go to James. Go to James. <laughs> this might not have been the message you were expecting tonight. I believe it's the one we need. I believe there are answers here. Don't you? When somebody supposedly stepped out in faith and it didn't work, you only got a couple of options. You either believe God let you down and failed you, or you have some sense and believe you messed up somewhere. There's no such thing as genuine faith in God that doesn't work. No such thing. There's no such thing as a circumstance where somebody believed what God told them to believe and did what he told them to do and utterly failed. That has never happened. And it never will. But there's been a lot of times, folks, me and you, all of us have probably got some episodes where we came up with some stuff. Is that right? Decided some things on our own and tried to do it with faith principles. But the Lord wasn't in it from the beginning. And so we were in our own strength without him. And that's tough hoeing. Right? (laughs) But it's not his fault. I said it's not his fault. I said it's not his fault that we didn't get serious enough to seek him enough to find and hear from him for the first time. That's not his fault. Is it? Oh, but thank God he's so merciful. He's so good. No matter how badly you mess up, he's still right there. He's still ready for you. He'll still talk to you. Is that right? He'll still tell you what you need to do. But you've got to humble yourself. And you've got to be willing. Genuinely willing. In James, fourth chapter. James, fourth chapter. Verse 13. He said, go to now, you that say, today or tomorrow... We'll go to such a city, Branson or wherever, and we'll stay there a year. Did he tell you to stay there a year? (laughs) And we're going to buy, we're going to sell, we're going to make us some money. Whereas you know not. What does you know not mean? You don't know. (laughs) Look at your neighbor. Help him out with that. Say, you don't know. You don't know what's going to be. Tomorrow. <laughs> There's only one way you would know anything about tomorrow. Is that right? How, come on, help me. How would you know? You heard something from him. And he does show us things to come. Now, he's not going to show you everything. That's why the gifts of the Spirit are called word of knowledge. Not even a paragraph. <laughs> word of wisdom. Right? What's a word? A word is a fragment of a sentence. And why why do he only give you a fragment? Because he wants you to walk by faith. He wants you to trust him for the rest. He does it on purpose. (laughs) He's a faith God. He's big on this faith thing. I like it too, don't you? Don't you like faith? There is no better way to live. There is no better way. He said, you don't know what's going to be on tomorrow. What's your life? It's even a vapor. 
It appears for a little time and then vanishes away. We're here for such a brief time. For you ought to say this. How many of the Bible, the New Testament tells you you ought to talk like this, then you should talk like this. How should you talk? If the Lord will. Now see, a lot of charismatic faith people, they don't even like that. They don't like that. Why? Because we're not supposed to pray if it be thy will. If you know the will of God, you know it's his will for you to be born again. You don't pray for people to be born again with an if it be thy will. If you know it's his will to be healed, you don't pray with an if it be thy will to be healed. But there's a whole bunch of stuff you don't know. That's what we just got through reading. Is that right? You don't know. You don't know. And so, you, you just got, again, you got two options if you don't know. You can fill in the blanks. You can assume. You can act like you know. You can play like you know. Or you can admit. I don't know. I'm going to ask the Lord. I know it's his will to heal me. But I don't know how he wants me to receive this. I know it's his will to pay my bills. But I don't know how he, he's already got planned to meet my needs on this. I need to get with him. And see, it requires continual submission. And this is where pride gets in the way. Pride is too busy to ask. Pride says, I got this. I've done this a hundred times. I've been doing this for 40 years. Come on, I got, that's when you go mess up. You better ask. Come on, help your neighbor. Tell them that. Say, you you better ask. You better ask. When do you ask? Every day. In every situation. You ask. You say, if the Lord wills, we'll live and do this or that. But now you rejoice in your boastings. Now what you're talking about, boastings of what you've come up with your own self, not hearing from God. And all that kind of rejoicing is evil. See, I told you it was evil. And that's where the phrase comes in, therefore, to him that knows to do good. See, keep that connected with this. And does it not, to him it's sin. Keep that connected with this. We need to demonstrate a lot of humility before our great God. We need to continually acknowledge to him, Lord, uh, I don't know what to do on this till you show me. I know you're a good God. I know you love me. I know you want me taken care of. I know you want me blessed. I know you do. But I'm not going to stand here and presume that I know how to get it and how to do it. I am completely dependent on you. I'm, I'm waiting on you here. Show me what to do. Show me how to do this. Fr- friend, beware of filling in the blanks. Beware of presuming and assuming and just doing it the way you did last time. Beware of it. He loves us. And he wants to talk to us every day. Is that right? He wants us to check in with him. And ask his permission. Come on, are y'all listening to me? And ask which way he wants us to go. And what he wants us to do. And how he wants us to do it. Every day. Somebody say every day. Every day. 
every day. Hallelujah. So we finally got it settled to make the step to come here to Branson. So we did, not knowing what came next. Had no idea about a church. I thought we'd just base our ministry here. That didn't make sense to me either. But I'm not the boss. It don't have to make sense to me. We just do it. And then as we, as we made the steps to come, then the Lord dealt with us about that property over there, you know, that was the Yellow Ribbon Theater. And uh, Phyllis was the first one that saw it with the real estate person. And she said, you need to come see this. And I said, what is it? And she said, told me it was, what, 2,500 seats? Or something. I thought, what in the world do you need that for? You know, right? I said, you know, find a place. You might seat a couple of hundred people and do TV stuff for studio stuff. But we're traveling ministry. And uh, she's just being led by the Spirit, too. We, we had prayed, and so I went over, and same thing. I'm marching up. A lot of it was dirty and messed up. It's going to need a ton of work and money. And, you know, is this how you start a church? In a great big place like this? You're going to have some some pretty stiff bills with a place like that. You know? What if you got 15 people for the next three years? I'm just trying to describe to you how that the hearing from God part, you got to push through some flesh and, and some feelings. Is that right? There was a night or two I spent with a calculator trying to figure out how to do it. And I, I finally just threw the calculator in the drawer. Shut the drawer and I thought, I can't figure this out. He's either going to have to do it or we're going to flop big time. Could, we couldn't even get started. He had to do a miracle for us to get started. I won't go through all of it. But then you all know, those of you that have been with us or knew about it, first service. Hundreds of people show up. Glory to God. And keep coming. Hallelujah. And the building was paid off and the property was paid off and everything we needed was paid off and this led to this and this led to this. That's a miracle. A man or woman can't just decide to do that and do it. That's a miracle. The Lord brought the people. The Lord brought the money. Come on, are you listening? The Lord did it. That's a miracle. Nobody can tell me that's not a miracle. I was there. We're on the inside. We saw it from the inside. We know we didn't do it. And this, you know, this recent miracle we shouted about on our TV stuff, that's a miracle. There are healing miracles and there are financial miracles. That's a miracle. God did that. Boom. But where does it start? Where do you go back? Why did we have that project now? Why that amount? Why not half of it? Why not three times that? One guy said, man, you should have claimed more. Mm-mm. No, I shouldn't. You have to hear from the Lord about every part. Do we even have a project? Don't just assume because you need it that you do a project. Am I losing somebody? You need money to pay your bills. You need extra. Well, I need to work extra. Don't assume that. I need more overtime. Don't assume that. Be willing to. But what do you need to do? What do you need to do? I need to sell some stuff. God help me to sell this stuff. Don't do that first. 
Don't do that first. What do you do? You come and you bow yourself before him and you be willing to do whatever he tells you to do. And say, Lord, I know you're my source. I know you, this is not surprising you. You've already got this planned out for me. What do I do? What do I do? There were times he told them, go fishing. Got this great big tax bill hanging over your head. And do what? Go fishing. Is that right? What do you do? But can you see that glorifies God? Because you'd have never thought of that. They didn't think of that, right? And when it happens, it's obvious who did it. Whose idea it was. Who made it happen. He gets the glory. Wasn't your smarts. Wasn't your effort. Wasn't just your perseverance. (laughs) Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. This keeps growing on me. What scripture did you get to? You're still in James? Just listen to these for time's sake. Just listen to these. Did Jesus have any miracles in his ministry? Healing miracles? Deliverance miracles? Miracles in nature? Is that right? The dead raised. Did he have any miracles? Do you believe that actually happened? All those things, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, every one of those things happened. I just want to mention a few of them to you, how they happened, when they happened, where they happened, the point. The nobleman's son. The miracle happened when Jesus looked at him and said, go your way. Your son lives. Boy's not healed. What has to happen? What has to happen? He has to turn around. He has to head to the house. That's his act of faith. Is that right? Why did Jesus tell him that? He heard from the Father. The Father directed him to say those words to him, and he acted on those words, and he was healed. The man at the pool, the first complaining, I don't have anybody to help me out. And Jesus looked at him and said, Arise, take up your bed, and walk. In fact, he said this one several times. Didn't he? Have you ever heard that before? What does rise or arise mean? In our vernacular, what do we say today? Get up. Get up. What? Get up. Pick up your bed and get yourself to the house. Yeah, but he can't. You can't unless God tells you to. And if he tells you to, then his commands are empowerments and enablings. And if you'll have enough faith to begin to do what he said, when you reach the end of your ability to act, you will meet a miracle. You will meet a manifestation of the real, very real power of God. And he's still doing it today. He's still doing it all over the earth, anywhere. Anybody will do what he said and act on it. He got up. Hallelujah, he was healed. The man born by four, they tore off the roof, they let him down. What did Jesus tell him after he said, your sins have been forgiven? What did he say? Arise, get up. Is he healed yet? No, no. 
Arise, take up your couch and go to the house. Get up. Yeah, but he can't. That's why they drug him up on the house. That's why they lowered him down. He's paralyzed. He can't. And you can't. Unless the Lord tells you to. And he did. Hallelujah. The man with the withered hand. What did Jesus tell him? Stretch forth your hand. How do miracles happen? Come on. How do they happen? You got to hear. And you got to do. He stretched it out. And it was made whole as the other. The centurion servant. Jairus' daughter. Damsel, get up. The man that was blind from birth. Go wash in the pool of Siloam. The ten lepers. Go show yourself to the priest. Every one of them. He told them. Do something. And when they did it. Power was manifested. In the book of Acts. It continued to happen. Through the church. Through Paul. Through Peter. The lame man at the gate called beautiful. What did he tell him? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Get up. Get up and walk. The power is there. But there's not going to be any manifestation. Until somebody acts. On what God said. But is it just any act. That will manifest the power. No. Not just doing something. It's doing what he said. I said it's doing what he said. They said Aeneas. Later on in the book of Acts, Jesus Christ makes you whole. Arise, get up, and make your bed. The lame man at Lystra, the same thing. Paul perceived that he had faith, and he shouted in a loud voice, Stand up right on your feet. And what happened? When he jumped up, he was healed. Not before. When he acted on what the Lord told him to do. We mentioned Brother Hagin. Uh, a few moments ago. Kenneth Hagin seen. If you know his testimony. You, you've heard him talk about. How he was born. Uh, with numerous problems. And uh, they didn't expect him to live. Thought he was dead. And. Uh, then. Uh, he did live. And they, they said he wouldn't live past 16. And de- deformed heart. Incurable blood disease. Uh, some of the best doctors told him if one thing wouldn't kill him, the other one would. And they said nobody in his condition had ever lived past 16 years of age. Well, when he was uh, getting close to that age, he began to go just like they said. And eventually was bedfast, paralyzed, in and out of coma, and going just the way they said. Well, he began to seek the Lord and get a hold of some scripture. And he finally found Mark 11:23 23 and 24. What well, things wherever you desire... When you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. And just by the mercy of God, he nobody helping him. He got the revelation from the Holy Spirit. I've got to believe I receive my healing now while I'm still laying here paralyzed. <laughs> How many know that was God? In that environment, to see that as a 16-year-old in his condition, that's God. He did it for him, but he did it for us too. Is that right? He did it for all of us that would benefit. He knew. So he finally got it. 
about the believing you receive before you see it. Because prior to that, he'd pray and beg God, and then he'd feel of his legs and his paralysis and his heartbeat, and he'd say, I don't know why it's not working. I didn't get it. I didn't get it. Walking beside him. But he finally got it in his heart. I got to believe I receive it now. And so at one point, he told the Lord, I got it. I do. I believe I receive. I don't care who told me. You don't believe you receive. I, even if you told me, Lord, that's bold, isn't it? He said, I'd say, no, I believe I receive. Yes. And he said, the Lord spoke to him and said, you sure do as much as you know. As much as you know. And then, hallelujah, here's where the miracle came. Can you expect what's going to come? Would it sound like the Bible? Would it sound like the Holy Spirit? He said, get up. That sounds like arise. Doesn't it? Get up. He said, what was it, 10 in the morning, whatever. He said, well, people ought to be up. You believe you're well? You believe you receive? Get up. Get up. Now, let's just stop right here. Is this something Brother Hagin thought up? No. He has heard from the Lord. And the Lord said, get up. Well, people ought to be up this time of day. Get up. How do you have a miracle? How do you have a miracle? You hear from the Lord. How many can see his believing God got him to the place where he heard from the Lord? Oh, hallelujah. And when he heard from the Lord, get up. Well, people ought to be up this time of day. He began to make the effort. He pushed his little paralyzed legs, skin and bone. He pushed them off the side of the bed. He said they fell down and hit the floor like two clumps of firewood. No feelings in them. Nothing. Had no, so weak, been bed fast for all these months. He said he grabbed a hold of the post of the bed. And he slid himself out of the bed. And when he did, his knees sank and he sank almost down to the floor. And he's holding on. That don't look like a miracle. And he said, dear Lord Jesus, I believe I received my healing. Hallelujah. And he said, it felt like warm honey began to pile up on top of his head. He said it just flowed down over his face and over his body. Hallelujah. And then it got to his legs. And he said when it did, they began to sting like thousands of needles. were. He said it hurt, but it hurt so good. Hallelujah. And he said in just a few seconds, he's standing there in his own power with his hands up in the air. Hallelujah. Praising God. Somebody say miracle, miracle, miracle. This is a manifestation of the power of God. Hallelujah. It was always God's will. It's always God's will for everybody that needs a miracle to manifest it for them. But you have to first hear from him. Hallelujah. And then whatever he says to you. Do it, and when you, and when, how many have seen, again and again, he'll tell you to do something that's impossible. Won't he? He couldn't get out of bed. That's why he's bed fast. Huh? This man couldn't stretch forth his hand. This man that was born by the four, he couldn't get up. He'll tell you, start a church with no money. (laughs) Right? Believe for the million dollars to pay for the TV. Where's it going to come from? You don't know. How? 
Do this. Say this. Take this step. Go here. Sow this. Come on, are you listening? This is how it works, friends. Believe this. Say this. Go help them. Go do this. And you don't see how it's all going to work. But when you take that first step. How many know when Moses reached that staff out over the Red Sea? Come on, are you listening? Why? Can he do this? No, he can't do this. He's just doing what the Lord told him to do. Hallelujah. And when you do and you reach the end of your ability to obey, you're going to contact And there's going to be released and activated the power of God. And you'll have a miracle. It can happen so quick. It can happen so fast. Other people may not believe it. But you know what happened. And you'll give glory to God. Is that right? Everybody stand on your feet. Let's lift our hands. Let's thank the Lord. For his goodness. For his mercies. For his love, for his kindness. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, just close your eyes. Don't be in too big of a rush. Let's just worship him for a moment. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we worship you, worship you, Lord, we worship you, oh, hallelujah, come on, lift your voice, everybody, let's praise our great God, the God of miracles, God of wonders, God of signs, oh, Lord, we worship you. We worship you, worship you, Lord, hallelujah, 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 just close your eyes and worship him, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.